This episode of Behind the Bliss podcast is made possible by our generous patrons. We seriously cannot do this without you all. If you love our show and would want to join our patrons, head over to BehindTheBlissPodcast.com and click Give, or head to Patreon.com slash BehindTheBliss. Welcome to the Behind the Bliss Podcast, where Rachel Autry brings weekly conversations to encourage, inspire, storytell, and share. Each episode is designed for you to feel met in your mess and balanced in your bliss. Here's today's conversation. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bliss. Today is a fun holiday episode with Victoria Durstock. Victoria is the author of Heart and Home for Christmas, which is an amazing book full of different ideas and inspiration for home decor around the Christmas season. We're talking, how do you host people around holidays? What is it like to practically dress your home up to host people, to love on them and create a warm and welcoming environment? We also go to the places that we recognize can be hard for people around the holidays, like family or maybe bitterness, places of shame and guilt. Maybe there's body image issues or feeling the void of a loved one. Whatever you're walking through this holiday season, just know that there is joy and hope in the midst of it all. And although the season can be hard, it's also plentiful and abundant, and there's something for all of us in this season. Victoria helps us walk through all of it today, from hot cocoa bars to her favorite ham. Is she a real tree or a fake tree kind of girl? We chat all things Christmas, and I am so excited. I have truly been looking forward to this episode since Thanksgiving, just so that I can finally start talking all things Christmas. So grab a peppermint latte or your Christmas drink of choice, grab a fun, cozy blanket, or turn on your seat heaters in your car and get ready for a Christmassy episode. Well, hey, Victoria, welcome to Behind the Bliss. I am so excited to have you. Oh, thank you so much for having me today. I am really excited to be here. Yeah, especially talking all things Christmas and your new book, and we'll dive into all of it. But I am so much in this Christmas season. I wanted to start decorating like even before Thanksgiving. So so to have someone who could talk Christmas and decor and inviting Jesus into our home through decor, I think it's just going to be such a fun conversation. I'm so excited. Um, for someone that doesn't know you and what you do and who you are, do you mind giving us a short spiel? Sure, not a problem. My name is Victoria Durstock, and uh, I've just recently released Heart and Home for Christmas, Celebrating Joy in Your Living Space. And it is 100 devotionals, um, short little blurbs, scripture, one kind of focus point, and seasonal decor tips, along with um, beautiful pictures that are different styles, um, different ideas of what Christmas could look like if we wanted it. So it's meant to be inspiring and not intimidating. And uh, it's just a really fun thing. But I'm an author, a speaker, a musician, a mom, and a wife. And so I'm just super happy to be here with you. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about your new book, Heart and Home for Christmas, and kind of what you would want someone to get out of it as they're flipping through. You said inspiring, not intimidating. And I love that. (laughs) There's a lot of times I look through a book, I'm like, this is not feasible for me. Well, yeah. I mean, there's this is the interesting thing about the whole home decor side of things. And and I've had a foot in the home decor industry for uh, over 20 years now. My husband, I was in the furniture business for many years. Uh, We've worked with designers and 
um, just one of those things where it was his thing and I tagged along, but I loved it because I got to go to market and go shopping and see all the beautiful new of things course. that were coming out, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, who wouldn't like that? Um, and so I've been around it for a long time and it can be very intimidating and um, expensive, especially if you see new things uh, every six months, like the markets go. And um, we can really get kind of wrapped up in uh, one extreme or the other, I think either go all in and it, and it really um, hurts us or we can say nope I'm not going to spend any money on it and we're just going to have this austere minimal uh, nothing and we're not going to have any fun um, and I think it's hard to find balance and so uh, my, my yeah. goal along the way has always been to try to find some balance enjoy the pretty things but also to not have my home be a place that was so intimidating people don't want to come in and, and so Instagram and Pinterest have kind of accelerated um, that, which is unfortunate. I'd rather it be inspiring um, and, and uplifting and encouraging rather than, oh, I have to have that or I can't be happy. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, I think that that, that has um, been kind of what's happened over the last couple of years. Absolutely. I would totally agree. It's funny though, because now I feel like I, I am finding the healthy inspiration of mm. seeing the picture and saying, love that can't afford pottery barn on this cute little newlywed budget but hey like target's got something similar so i'm able yeah. to almost take the picture and get yeah. inspired by different pieces rather than yes. feeling like i have to buy each individual piece to make it even look or feel the same so that's Definitely. a good point i would love for people to hear that i love that um it's it's absolutely my goal you know and, and i'm heavy on instagram and, and pinterest at the moment because that's you know that's kind of the market that we've written to uh, with the Heart and Home books. The first one uh, came out in April and it was just a really kind of obvious move that our as our life goes through seasons, our Christian life does, our hearts do too. And Christmas was the next really obvious, let's do a yeah. Christmas book, you know, it'll be so fun. And um, the design and decor, there's so many styles and different things you can do. And I had made a lot of really good relationships with some sweet friends on Instagram and their home decor enthusiasts. They're women of faith. And so they've contributed to the books as well. And so that has really just, um, just, it's been fun to watch. Yeah. So you have several different styles. Do you feel like you have, I mean, a lot different represented or would you say it's pretty much all streamlined traditional? Like what would you say kind of is the feel behind all well, these different styles? Well, a lot of them lean farmhouse, um, which is, you know, popular because HGTV and Chip and Joanna have had such a, a strong influence Yes, they're not for Chip and Joe. Right, right. And they're so fun and sweet. And so there's a there's a real heavy farmhouse influence um, in the books and sometimes on my feed only because, you know, that's um, accessible many times for people. Um, but my personal style, our, our family style is more of a transitional. So sometimes traditional elements, sometimes modern, um, a little more eclectic. So it's interesting to kind of pull all the different things together. Yeah, I love that too because I think people would come in my house and joke and say like every room has a different feel and I kind of <laughs> like that. I'm like, yeah, well, yeah. You, some call it hodgepodge, some call it eclectic. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know where I fall in it, but hey, I'll claim it. But yeah, we just put up shiplap on a wall in our dining room, just kind of like spruce it up. It's a DIY shiplap. We're really proud of it. And um. different, like different rooms have different feels and touches too, which is, again, goes along with the whole, I don't feel like it has to be the big picture right away either. Because I think especially 
I feel like a lot of our listeners are in transition seasons, whether they are newlyweds, new moms, empty nesters. I mean, I'm just seeing this pattern of a lot of women being in the middle of transition. And I think that we have this idea of what it should be, or we see a picture in a book and we're like, my room will look like that tomorrow. Let me go get this stuff. And really it's a process. And I think that's what your book does beautifully is it kind of explains the process of it coming together rather than it being a magazine, you know, where you expect it to be that right as you turn the page or the next day. Well, I love that you brought out expectations because that's actually a theme that's kind of been humming um, in my heart lately um, is these expectations that we tend to put on our family and on ourselves, especially at Christmas time. I think it gets exacerbated around this time of year. We just feel it a little more heavily that, uh, we have to have everything just right. It has to be done overnight. It um, needs to be picture perfect. We can only invite people in our homes if, if we've done it just right or have just the newest things or the latest trends. And it's unfortunate because these expectations, um, you know, they, they keep us away from people rather than bring us together. And expectations, when we put them on our families or our children or whoever, our friends, um, they end up driving us apart because we had a certain expectation of how something was going to go and then it doesn't. And then we're disappointed and then we feel like we're failure. So it's this, this strange thing of of finding inspiration and being excited about something and then saying, but Hey, we're not there yet. You know, I mean, we're work in progress. And I think that that's the beauty of of a Christian walk too, is we're works in progress. And so everything else can be too. Yes. Yes. I love that. We are works in progress. We can't expect a final result right away, which is so beautiful. Um, So with all this being said, I'm kind of curious kind of what the process has taught you about a deeper meaning of Christmas and what you would want to bring to people through this book that might be, you know, a little bit more heartfelt than the room and in decor. Well, it's, it's interesting as you, um, look at certain design elements. And this is kind of the process that began for me was, you know, uh, there are certain design elements like um, unity and harmony, uh, balance, focal point, certain just uh, key characteristics of what good design is that as I thought about my Christian life, I thought, boy, these are actually really part of my, my walk as a, as a Christian as well. I need to have unity and harmony with other believers. I need to have balance. Um, I, I need to create negative space in my environment. There needs to be more room. I'm too busy. I need to create more room for, for spending time with God. And my favorite one was focal point, right? My focal point. And going back to Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, and um, you know, thinking about the fact that, that Christ is my focal point of my life. The whole reason for what I'm doing on earth, all the, thing, all the decisions I make, everything comes back to him. And in a room, if I don't have a good focal point or in my Christmas decor, if there's not a place for my eye to land, then I'm not at rest. I am busy. I'm uneasy. And it's just interesting to see how all those parallels just kind of all dovetail together into me thinking about really um, applying those things in my heart and in my life. And so as we got into the Christmas book, it was uh, just a lot of fun to view it through the lens of design and think about the sights and the smells and the sounds of Christmas, but also the stories of Mary and Joseph, of course, but also of Anna and Simeon and, and some of the other characters, you know, that play their part. And um, then talking about giving gifts at Christmas time and um, the reason we do that and just different, just different topics of Christmas 
and then the way that uh, through the lens of decor, how to apply it and not have to stretch anything. I think that that was my big fear was having yeah. to find, ha find something and then try to stretch it to make it mean something, you know, that it didn't really. Um, and so <laughs> my, my heart's desire the whole time I was writing was, God, don't let me, <laughs> don't let me try to make this mean something. It really doesn't. And so uh, right. that, that was a, that was a, a really fun thing to work through and, and to be able to come up with just different snippets that I that hoped would be encouraging. Yeah. And I think that they totally are. I kind of want to dive into this idea of just holidays just being hard. Because mm. I think that, I mean, a lot of holiday content is so like go and hustle and yeah. make those cookies and right. all right. the fun things of getting family together. But I think in the midst of it, I think there's a lot of shame. Yeah. I think there's a lot of family issues, maybe some bitterness and yeah. reconciliation that needs to happen. I think there's body image issues. I mean, I just think... Like the enemy totally can be, man, what a ninja when it comes yeah. to holidays and sneak in the craziest way. So I kind of just want to tackle this idea of holidays since we're here. Yeah. What is something that you would want our listeners to know about the holidays, um, either like as a sister to like forewarn them, but then also to maybe give some practical steps of how you can can overcome that if they are feeling like they're in the middle of those things I listed. Sure. Um, boy, he does love to hijack. Uh, the, the sweetest of things and make them negative. And uh, so I, you know, my, my greatest, um, my greatest tool uh, in my arsenal for being able to battle the enemy during this season and, and really all year long, but, but especially during this time and really have to kind of double down on it is, is being in, in the word of God every morning. Mm -hmm. Um, for me, it's mornings. Um, I had to make a decision. Uh, it six, five, six years now. I had to make just this conscious decision. I've, I've been a believer my entire life, practically. I was five when um, I got saved, so a little girl, and I've grown up in a Christian home. And so I have this long legacy of, of believing and um, being a, a follower of Jesus and not always being consistent in my Bible reading. And it's an unfortunate um thing for me to look back on at this stage. I always thought it would be easier um, in the next stage of life. So when I was in college, I thought it'd be easier when I got married. Um, when I got married, I thought, oh, it'll be easier when I'm home and I have children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I joke all the time. I'm like, I'm a good mom, but I don't have any kids. <laughs> I'm like, I'm probably going to be a good mom until I start having kids. Yeah, that's you right. Know? We have lots of ideas about what that's yeah. going to look like and how we're going to do things, right? And so each step along the way, I thought, well, it's just going to get easier, you know, when they're grown or when they're in school or when, you know, and unfortunately reality is if I never make, if I never make God's word a priority deep down, like it's got to be my priority, then, then it's just not going to happen. There's just never going to be a prime moment. There's never going to be a way. So I had to make a drastic decision for myself a few years ago. And then this is definitely not prescriptive. This is just descriptive at this point of, of what I did um, decide that I was going to make a 5 a.m. wake up time, my norm. And my norm is not 5 a.m. Um, at all. Uh, more like maybe 7, <laughs> maybe, maybe 8 if I could get away with it. If I didn't have kids, I would love 8. You know, that would be great. But um, I, made, I made a conscious decision to, to just make this willful, I'm going to set the alarm, I'm going to get up, and I'm going to spend time alone with God every day with coffee and <laughs> a warm blanket and a place to sit. And, and 
really meditate on God's word, memorize God's word, pray for people. Like I really needed to be praying. I just needed to send just that message to myself and to my family. This was important and um, that I was going to do this, even if it was hard. And it sure was. I mean, there were, if I, I, I could just tell you all the stories of all the things that fell apart and things that didn't work well and um, all the resistance that I came across when it was time to make that choice. But Looking back, it's been the very best choice that I could have made, and it is the choice that is sometimes the hardest when I get busier. And Christmas time is that season where we all are busier. We have a lot more on our plates. Yeah. We are tired, and so the temptation would be to let's skip that. I could do that later in the day. Yes. Yeah. And so my focal point obviously becomes more of my schedule or, again, my expectations or what I need to get done for the day versus – if I spend time here where I know I need to be at Jesus feet, learning, studying, getting my mind um, in the place that it needs to be, then I'll be ready for whatever else happens during the rest of the day. And during this season, when, when relationships are strained and expectations are unmet and the children throw temper tantrums in the middle of target. And, you know, I mean, when, yeah. when those things happen, you know, I'm more prepared for how to deal with that in a Christ-like way versus just full on meltdown. Yeah, I can, I can imagine full on meltdown, <laughs> middle target. You're like, here's a toy, here's a stick yeah. toy. Yeah, I. This all reminds me of just Ephesians six when we're talking through the armor of God, and yeah. it says, "Take up the sword of the spirit," and it's like yes. that's exactly what it is. And swords are meant to fight up close and personal. Yeah. Um, our pastor said something so amazing the other week when we were talking through just the armor of God, and he said, um, "Notice that it says." that um, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, flaming arrows. And he talked through how funny it is that these arrows, the flaming arrows, if you're shooting arrows at somebody, you are far away from them. Like you're Mm -hmm. too close to get up close and or you're too scared to get up close and personal. And so the enemy is kind of sitting back, like shooting off these arrows at us from way far away because he's too too scared to get close because we have a sword that's meant yeah. to fight up close and personal. Yeah. And so if we don't take up that sword, then we're kind of at a loss. I'm like, well, right. if you did get close, what do I have to fight with? Right. And so it's, I mean, if you needed some imagery, cause I'm such yes. a visual person. I'm yeah, like, that's great. I, I love that. Yes. I, I need to take up my sword cause I don't have, I don't have a chance to fight if I don't. And so, uh, yeah, totally love it. That is probably the most important way to fight that hundred percent. And then again, with the expectations, know that your holidays is going to look completely different than someone else's holidays. And that has to be okay because we've created differently with a different story, a different group of people we call family. I mean, yes, everything. So yeah, no, I, I think that, um, I, and, and really the, the tendency is this time of year is just to say, Okay, I've got to offload my schedule somehow. And for whatever reason, we feel like that's the thing that we can offload and not pay as much attention to when in reality, I have to spend more time. I mean, I just have to. I have to get centered um, mm-hmm. on on him and who he is. And he has to be my focal point for my decision making, for my um, for my schedule making, because you know, I want to be more about people than I want to be about goals. And I'm a really goal oriented girl. And so that's super hard for me. I, I want to just like knock things off my list. I want, you know, and Christmas can become a checklist for me. Okay. I've got the cookies made. Okay. I've got the decorations up and got the book written and the da da da. 
then what about all the people? You know, the people are the people are, are the reason. Um, you know, we want to connect and and so you know, the heart and home for Christmas book. I also wanted it to be an opportunity to create gospel conversations for people, right? So yeah. you can give a gift to somebody that maybe you don't know. Um, you don't maybe you don't know what you know what they're all about or or what their story is, or maybe it's a neighbor or someone you just want to be able to have a conversation with that you're just not sure a hundred percent what their story is, if they're a believer, if they're not, what they think about Christ, what they think about Christmas, and you can give a gift. Uh, like that and, and open a conversation. That was just one of those things that I was like, man, that's super exciting that you could do that. It's a, you know, I wanted it to be beautiful. So people wouldn't be like, oh, what are you giving me this for? Um, you know, it's, it would be beautiful. Somebody would look at it and say, oh, you know, look at the nice pictures. But then maybe they would actually read the words and maybe, just maybe, you know, God could use that in a, in a really specific way to be able to, to, to launch a conversation that could lead to an eternal change. Yeah. And wouldn't that be so neat? <laughs> oh, I mean, fun. that would just, that would just, my heart would just be so thrilled that, that God would do that. Yeah. So curious for the people that are almost sitting back listening to this, maybe even they push play on the episode because we mentioned holidays and they were like, oh, heck no. Like this stresses me out. Maybe they'll yeah. have some insight. <laughs> what would you say to the person that is completely stressed out by holiday season and these multiple tasks on a to-do list we were just talking about? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think maybe flipping the script on what we think we have to do and what we have to get done and saying, what is it that's going to be the most meaningful to the people around me? So just sitting down and asking, you know, for me, I have three children. And um, so for me in that moment, I would say, you know, what, what makes Christmas special for you? Like what, what is it that, you know, is one of your favorite memories or what's one of your favorite things to do at Christmas time and listening to them? Because I think many times we have in our minds what we think it has to look like and has to be. And in their minds, mm -hmm. they're happy with breakfast casserole or something, yeah. you know, so basic that we skip it and we make this production out of Christmas and the memory making that we feel like we need to do. Uh, and I think that we would find a lot of freedom in being able to just be together. I try to schedule days on my calendar where things are not scheduled, right? So like it's right. an unscheduled day, a, a night together where if we want to watch a Christmas movie and make hot chocolate then that's what we do. And we don't have to have an event to get you. And I mean, with three kids, we, we have a lot of events. Um, yeah. And it always has been like that, you know, even, even before kids, um, we had Christmas recitals and Christmas programs and, you know, all of the above, church activities, church life, um, things can get really hyper, hyper busy. And I think making sure to, to schedule in some breaks and then finding out what's really important to the people, the people that we want Christmas to be meaningful to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I find myself almost faking it till I make it. <laughs> mm, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, okay, I would hate for Christmas to go by so quickly, but also at the same time, I'm so pumped for December 26th because <laughs> there's so much. Like, if I can just get to that date, we have accomplished so many things in life. And so I think through that, and like through the the hustle and the busy and the lack of stillness, I kind of mm. just distract myself till it gets finished, yeah. and it completely steals my joy because I've never yes. been completely planned in that season and like okay this this happens once a year and we talk about it from summer until November and now it's here and I'm not even enjoying it so right. maybe for people like me <laughs> who need a reality check and a come to Jesus moment like okay 
there is totally a difference between joy and happiness. And Mm -hmm. it is important that you get something out of this season because this is a year of great joy that next year might look completely different. So I don't know. I just kind of want to hear your take on someone that might have that kind of mentality like myself. (laughs) Sure. So, you know, I'm, uh, (laughs) I'm right there with you. I have this, um, a little bit more mature look now that I am a little bit older and further along, um, in my journey and looking back and seeing all the years that I was just trying to survive, um, and make it, (laughs) make it to the next day, make it to the next year, make it to the next season, make it to the next time frame. And I look back and I think, oh man, you know, I wish I could have some of that time back and, and just be still, like you mentioned earlier, just Mm -hmm. to say in this moment. And part of, part of it, I think is we lose maybe the wonder, the awe of, of the story of the reason for the season. And it sounds super cliche sometimes to say stuff like that, but I mean, the real reason for Christmas is celebrating our redemption story. The reason Jesus came wasn't just so that he could be in the manger and just so that he was born, but because he came to die and he came as a sacrifice for us. And so looking at the manger and, and a lot of times we like to decorate with nativity scenes and mangers and things like that. When I look at the manger, I think of, of how the cross loomed large over it. It, it wasn't yeah. just the baby Jesus, which is the sweet story. And we love it. But, but the story of redemption that was coming for all of us. And, and, and when I sit back and I think and I allow myself the time to contemplate just the meaning of, of that, of what that means to me personally, what that means to the world in general, of, of just uh, the beauty of, of that redemption, then I tend to kind of all the other things kind of fade away. All the other yeah. to do's kind of just they're not as important. It really yes. is. It really is. But if I don't, if I fill my time with too many things and I'm just trying to get through, then I don't have that time to sit and reflect and, and have perspective on exactly who God is and how wonderful he is and, and what awe I have it at just the way he, he orchestrates um, all of our lives and then all of history. Right. And this is where your job gets fun because then you're like, well, now I get to take that story and bring it to life in my home so that when I'm hosting people or just sitting around hanging out with my family, we have something and somewhere beautiful to cozy up and be. And I think with your over 20 years in this industry and all that you have to offer, I would love any kind of Christmas tips or practical advice or just things that you love setting up somewhere in your home. I mean, Give us all the Christmas home decor tips right here. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, my favorite thing, and, and you and I talked about it just briefly before we went on the air, is just finding warm and cozy places. Um, yes. I, I live <laughs> south of Memphis, Tennessee, and it's not supposed to be cold here um, too often. And it just has been a little more than normal. So, I mean, just those warm, cozy blankets, whether they're yes. fur throws or um, those big, fancy, thick cable knit blankets. Um, having several of those and um, comfy pillows and warm socks just in a, in a one local area where you want everybody to kind of gather, just being ready for that cozy feeling um, and um, having hot chocolate bar. That's one of my favorite things to do is just setting up the hot chocolate packets and a couple different flavors and having little marshmallows and sprinkles and 
cute mugs and just having that ready to go. Like it can just be out and all you have to do is put the hot water in and, and you're, you've got your hot chocolate. That, that kind of stuff is fun for me because I think that yeah. that's fun for other people. Um, it's welcoming and inviting and, um, and it feels warm. <laughs> I'm all about warm. We do. Um, <laughs> the other thing that I love about Christmas decor is the lights. And there's so many different varieties of lights now. You've got fairy lights and um, regular string lights. You've got battery-operated lights. You've got the cord lights. So you've got a wide variety of lighting that can be used now. And lights can create a special kind of warmth, especially if we turn out our normal overhead lights or um, our lamps and things that we use for normal lighting and we just let the tree be lit or the wreaths or the garland or the different things. I even like to put um, lights, strings of lights in vases, clear vases, and then, Ooh. you know, they sparkle and shine to you. And um, they even make these kind of curtains of lights that you can put up over windows. It's just, it's just a really beautiful effect. I mean, we all like to get in our cars and kind of drive around and look at the lighting that people put on the outside of their homes. But yeah. I also love, I also love to see just that warmth of lighting all around the house too. Yeah, that's brilliant. I'd never thought of that before. Lights is such a fun thing for me. I think my husband loves them too, but we were just talking the other day about putting lights on our house. And he's like, Rachel, to put the lights where you want the lights lit, like that is quite a project. Like, is there anything else you would want to do? And I was like, no, I just want the trim of our house outlined in lights. He's like, you just want, okay, okay. He's like, we'll talk about this later. I was like, okay. So I am a fan of lights. I'm trying to figure out how I can, like, encourage him, like, you know, with a little a little kick. Like, oh, really, yeah. this would be so beautiful. Yeah, I'm with you. I have a quick question. Are you a fake tree or a real tree family? Oh, we are a real tree family. Um, yes. Are you like yeah. to cut it down from the start oh, from the farm? No, we're not. We're not that. We don't go that far. I, I would have loved to. <laughs> like, I, I think that would be super fun. And yeah, but it sounds cold as well. And so, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Um, I'm like that process includes cold, includes driving, and includes, a lot of work. Like, a, lot a lot of work. work. Yes. No, so we do. We love to get a fresh tree because I like the smell of pine and just, yeah. I, I don't know. I just think there's something really cool about having a fresh tree. I didn't have one growing up um, and I was an only child. So one of the things that I knew I wanted when uh, we got married was children and, <laughs> uh, and, and a real tree. I didn't have a lot of requirements. Those, those a girl can dream. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, that is funny. We are such a real Christmas tree family too. And we joke, I'm like, we buy like 10 foot trees for eight foot ceilings. Like we go there and we push up. I have a hole in my ceiling for my brother and my husband pushing our tree up last year. And I'm not even going to patch it. It's just funny. So well, those are the fun memories too, right? I mean, those are the things you guys are going to talk about for the next 20 years, you know, remember the hole in that ceiling from when you tried to get that trim and then everybody's going to argue about whose fault that was, you know, I mean, those those are the fun, those are the fun things about Christmas. Right. And bigger picture fun too. It's like those, that's where perfection is lacking, but memories last. So it's, you kind of have to compromise things being perfect for you to be able to enjoy and be comfy. And to be honest with you, I feel like mm. I can host more excellently when I've pushed away the idea of perfection because then people don't mm. feel awkward. Like, do I take off right. my shoes at the door? Do I not? Yeah. Like, is it okay right. if I put my feet on your ottoman? And I'm like, 
please. Like, this is so livable. So in that place, like there's actually comfort of, okay, like everybody else is normal. Their house isn't perfect. (laughs) They've got a hole in their ceiling. Like we're good. (laughs) So I, what are different ways? Like you said, the blankets. And I think you said the hot cocoa, which I love those ideas. But what, what is maybe a way that we can push away the perfection and just cling to like embracing people in our homes this season? Well, I I think that's awesome that you mentioned the perfectionism, because that's one of the things that I have, uh, that's, that's part of my personality that I fight, um, a lot. And I've always, you know, wanted to do things well and excellent. The problem is, is when you go into that whole, well, I'm going to do this perfectly. And, and so there's a lot of, there's a lot of danger, you know, there. And, and part of the danger is not just to myself and, and the havoc that it wreaks on me when I'm trying to create something perfectly, um, whether that's my home or my children <laughs> or my spouse, um, yeah. you know, when I'm trying to, you know, work, work into them becoming perfect, um, but myself. And, and what it is, is it's just, um, it's unrealistic. I'm not perfect and I'm not going to create perfect things. And I think that um, when I do let down my guard and say, you are welcome here, whether my house is perfectly Pinterest worthy or not. I just, I allow other people to come in. And, you know, that was a lesson I had to learn the hard way. Um, when my, when my children were little, we had, um, a season, you know, where the laundry was always in the living room because it was clean. Um, but there was just so much of it and it was strewn basically from the sofa to the chair, to the ottoman. And I was trying to catch up, but it was hard. And, um, I had a neighbor, a sweet, sweet friend come over and knock on the door and I wanted to hide, but we had glass doors. And so you can't really hide, right? Like you're, you're, you're kind of exposed. You, they, she knows your home. And so, uh, I let her in and I, I really didn't, I mean, honestly, in, in my heart, I was like, man, I love her, but I wish we could go outside and talk. Um, but cause I don't want her to see my mess. Right. I don't, I don't want to let her, let her know that I don't have it all together. And the reality is, is we all have a mask on of some kind and the mask keeps us from really connecting. And what she did that day is she sat down um, in my mess and she helped me fold laundry while we talked. And it was a lesson that has stayed with me for, for now, you know, 20 years. And it's, it's bring people in because they need us to not be perfect and, and we need them to connect with. And it is, it is very freeing. My husband reminds me frequently. We, we live in this home. Our home is lived in. <laughs> yes. Like when we I live there, actually. Right? It's just not right. a whole house. That's right. You don't have to clean the floor. You don't, you know, obviously picked up and neat is, is best. But there are times when there's going to be toys out or there's going to be times when, you know, the laundry needs to be folded. So there are certain rooms that I just try to keep picked up. The living room, try to keep that picked up in case people need um, something in that day. Or um, having certain things in the kitchen, you know, that I can access, make a, a thing of lemonade and mm. um, bust out a, you know, a couple of Pepperidge Farm cookies and put them on a tray and share them with a friend. You know, having just a couple of things in the cabinet ready to go so that people know they're wanted. And people will know they're wanted if you let them in and let them sit with your mess. Right. It's so funny you're saying all that. Did you know that our podcast's kind of subtitle or statement that we love to say is met in our mess well i have seen it i I did i I okay but that was was not something i really expected to talk about today i wasn't sure Um, but i I love it how would she know oh my gosh i love it it's it's a theme that i have to 
remind myself of often because I want to hide the fact that I'm a big old mess. You know, I really do. I would rather people think that I've got it all together, but I don't. Right. We don't. Yeah. yeah. No. And mess isn't for, for forever. Like it's yeah. very temporary and it's easy to clean yeah. up. But while right. it is messy, like there's no such thing as having to be alone. Like you can yeah. absolutely invite somebody into that with you for your sake and theirs. <laughs> like yes, for, absolutely. for both of you. Yes. 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 So another really fun Christmas question. Um, this is like one that I love to ask my family and friends because it's so tender and totally tells me about their walk with Jesus. But which Christmas carol slash hymn is your favorite? Like White Christmas doesn't really count because like, you know, Jesus isn't at White Christmas. But <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite hymn or Christmas song to sing that you might sing at church? You know, that that's a tough one because uh, you know, my training, my school training, and, and what a lot of what I did for years before I started writing has to do with music. I'm a pianist yeah. and a vocalist. And so Christmas songs, like, <laughs> I like them all. Um, I know. Some of my favorites to play are some of the more somber ones, like In the Bleak Midwinter. And they're just beautiful, um, haunting kind of melodies. But I think my favorite to sing, um, like mine is Hark the Herald Angels Sing, if that yeah. gives you some inspiration. <laughs> but sure. That one's. Um, there, see, I love the traditional hymns. I love some of the newer songs that have been written. Um, and so when you ask me questions like that, I go through like the whole index file in my brain of exactly like, which one do I want to not have say. asked a musician <laughs> this question because they, <laughs> they are how, going how much, there in their brain right, right now. They're not exactly. coming back. Okay, how much yeah. time do you have? Um, I, I love, I love. I love joy to the world. I mean, it is, it's, um, it's yeah. just, uh, it's just a really good one. And, um, oh man, angels from the realms of glory, those traditional hymns just have such good truth in them. And I, I do love, and then silent night is, is probably another that I could just play and just sit with, um, as oh, wow. I think about what that was like. Mm-hmm. Do you have a piano in your home? Do you play often? Yep. I do. I'm actually looking at my piano right now. <laughs> oh, I love that. Your family's so blessed. They get Christmas carols all season long by their mom. Oh, you know? yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they would consider that blessed, but. <laughs> I would. I'd be like, Victoria, you can go to our house. I'll hire you to play you for go. us all December. Yes. I used to always say that when I was um, retired and didn't have anything to do, I was going to um, make sure that I played piano at a hotel or an airport, mm-hmm. um, just for fun, you know, just get to play whatever I wanted to just sit there and <laughs> yes. whether people were listening or not, you know, that was just the, that was the dream. That is beautiful. Uh, well, there's a hotel that my family goes to visit in, in Virginia. It's called Hotel Roanoke mm-hmm. in Roanoke, Virginia. And they have a grand piano in their lobby and their lobby is beautiful and historic and mm-hmm. there's always someone playing it. And so oh. I like, it's, it's very nostalgic for me to hear piano in the hotel lobby. Like that is like, we've made it. We get to see family. So I think that's beautiful. That's not a bad retirement plan at all, actually. No, I think it'd be a lot of fun. Totally. (laughs) Like a painting cookies. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Cookies and hot cocoa. Yes. Yes, (laughs) Love it. So a question we love to ask at the end of every episode is what are you loving these days? What's something that you can't get enough of that you have to share with the people? What am I loving these days? Um, It could be like food. We've had people share like a recipe. We've had people share a product or a song, movie or book. I mean, 
nothing is off. Okay. Um, I guess you could probably say I'm a, I've jumped on the bandwagon a little bit, but I love a good charcuterie board. I think they are awesome. And I love meat. And I love cheese. So it's like right up my alley to, to um, bust that out every so often. And that's dinner. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I get that. We do that around here too because it's hard to cook for two people, but you can throw some oh. snacks and leftovers together and call it a charcuterie board. Everything. <laughs> yes. And, and uh, yeah, my Pinterest. Cheese and meat. That's right. Cheese and meat. But, you know, my Pinterest, I've gathered some. People are so smart. They've, they've started doing other things too, like fruit kind of charcuterie boards and um, just different themes that you can do. And I just think they're so fun um, and creative. They're creative ways to kind of serve food and I just, um, that's probably what I'm all about at the moment. Yes. I love it. We've had charcuterie <laughs> boards at our events that we've hosted, mm-hmm. different live mm-hmm. podcast events, and they're like my favorite thing. Every time we finish recording, I always am like hustling over to get some brie and salami yes. and such. So I am right. right behind you. And I saw something <laughs> on Instagram that was so funny. It said, no wonder us millennials love charcuterie boards so much. It's because our parents raised us on them. And then it has a picture of Lunchables. A Lunchable, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, right. obviously. It's, it's, it's the adult version of Lunchables. And, and I always and thought Lunchables, right, I thought Lunchables were always so smart. So, yeah, And here we are. Just yes, here we are. Progressing the Lunchables, making it fancy and whatnot and calling it some <laughs> French word. Right, with yes. our fig spread and everything. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Where can people find you online if they wanted to grab a book? Well, we're going to put all the links in the show notes, but just in okay. case they wanted to hop over now and, and grab it, where sure. can they find you? Okay, well, I have a couple of different websites because my last name is so hard to spell, uh, but I am victoriadurstock.com, but you can also find the books at heartandhomebooks.com. And you can uh, check out, there's a blog there. There's um, the two books uh, are available there as well. I'm also on all the socials. Um, most of the time, it's my first initial V and my last name, Durstock, D-U-E-R-S-T-O-C-K. And uh, I love to meet new folks, especially on Instagram and Pinterest. Um, it's a lot of fun. And so I would love to see y'all there. Well, I am so grateful for all of the fun and holiday wisdom that you had to share with us today. And I think this is going to be so timely for this season and these people. So thank you so much for sharing your heart with us. Well, thank you so much for having me. I I have enjoyed it tremendously and I do hope it's encouraging. And I do hope that your listeners will, will just be able to rest this season and be able to reflect on just the beauty of the story of Christmas and what it means to us personally And I hope that they will just have a a beautiful time with their families. My blankets have been pulled out and my hot cocoa bar is ready to go. Thanks to Victoria. If you haven't checked out Victoria on Instagram, go ahead and do so. She has Pinterest worthy pictures that will inspire you when you are decking your halls. I love what she said about expectations and perfection that it's not key and it's not the goal. Actually, the goal is just to have people in our homes to invite them into the truth and the meaning of the season and maybe even introduce them to Jesus for the first time. And we can do that simply or extravagantly. Whatever you're able to offer is enough. For all things Heart and Home for Christmas and Victoria Durstock, head over to our show notes. You'll find all the links for the things that we talked about in today's episode, including her book, where you can find her over on the internet, and a few of our favorite Christmas things. Hey, if you haven't already, follow us on Instagram over at at Behind the Bliss Podcast. 
We are hosting a 12 days of Christmas giveaway extravaganza and it is so much fun. We are giving away things like books and merchandise, office and school supplies, beauty products. There are so many good things that have been mentioned on the show, so we wanted an opportunity for you to try it out. To see how you could win one of these 12 days of Christmas prizes, head over to Instagram at Behind the Bliss Podcast. I hope you stay warm and cozy this week, that you feel encouraged in this holiday season after this conversation with Victoria. And I'm praying that whatever this Christmas looks like for you is abundant and full of joy and hope. Have a great week.